2: It happens every night. Yeah, every night And I ain't never met a river boat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. Nope. The summer heat never treats me kind. It leaves trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my <clears throat> nose, and I'll see you at another time. Say, this highway does not know my name, and I don't care.
1: Nope. More. Not even not even kind of.
2: Head in my way for another place and I got three good tires and a
1: spare. Right to the look right here.
2: Just a white line to get out of Mississippi with just enough gas
1: to keep this. low. Oh, Budgets live not so, live from the Low Budget Live Bar and Grill here in beautiful southern middle Tennessee. And this is the podcast for Monday, September the 18th. You bunch of low lifers. And I hope you're all doing well out there. And if you're wondering why in the world, if this is the first time your eyes or your ears have stumbled upon the Low Budget Live podcast here, and you're wondering why I'm insulting you by calling you a low lifer, it's because. It's so what the listeners refer to themselves as, and I think it's pretty cool, man, because I'm a low lifer myself. The lowlife chose me a very long time ago. Uh yeah. Screw college football. Quick, quit DMing me about Florida. Okay, beating Tennessee. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm a sore loser, all right? Man, I was so pumped about college football being back, and it took really i mean they played like crap against austin p but then it took one night in gainesville florida for me to just wish that it was over with again already oh gosh if you're wondering why i sound like more like a weed eater that's kind of cutting in and out more than normal it's because i screamed oh it's a tv for many 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 hours this past weekend so oh man can't win them all guys (laughs) I don't know, man. I I wish that I was built mentally to not care about sports like I do, especially the teams that I've always loved and pulled for my entire life. But I just – I'm not that guy. I love it. I love it. I get too emotionally invested, and I also get crushed whenever things go bad. And, uh, you know, shout out um, to the boys for going down there in Florida and playing hard. But the Florida Gators, man, you guys uh, showed up and showed out. It's uh always sucks, always sucks to get beat by Florida, you know, and it, and it happens too much when you're a Tennessee ball fan in the last twenty freaking years. But their coach needed that win, man. His head's kind of on the chopping block. Sounds like if you read into uh, all the media drama, um, but yeah, it's good. It's good having football back, I guess. Ugh, just ugh. we still it's gonna be a long year. I'm afraid. Not a Joe Milton guy. Our quarterback not all his fault by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, we just really missing Hendon Hooker. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to this kid. They've got not to just go all Tennessee football on you. This Nico, I'm not even going to pr- try to pronounce his last name. That's waiting in the wings to be the next starter for Tennessee. And uh, I'm excited to see what the future brings with that kid as well. Not writing this season off. Cause I think, I think we've got uh, some big wins in us, hopefully, but Damn sure it didn't happen this weekend. I hope all of your college football teams, if you care, like a lot of people do, hope all your college football teams are winning and if not, just turn on the Colorado game. That's what the rest of the world's doing. They storm the field when they beat unranked teams, guys. Um actually I'm I'm not hating on Coach Prime. I have enjoyed the drama, the freaking energy, everything around this. And I find myself watching Colorado games like so many people are. It's just insane what the guy has done. It's been uh, it's been wild to see. They've got some tests coming up, though. Oregon, USC, we'll see how they fare with that. But uh, just bananas, man. You got College Game Day. You got Fox's football show out there. You got Barstool's been out there. You got the freaking Rock. You got all these celebrities, rappers following Colorado football. They won one game last year. Love it or hate it, it's it's pretty damn impressive to see, man. Pretty impressive to see. All right, I want to thank some sponsors. Then we're going to get into this thing right now. StarTron, kicking ethanol in the teeth. It is an enzyme-powered fuel treatment. This time of year, you're starting to slow down. You're not on the water as much. You're out there in the woods trying to kill a deer. A lot of y'all are. When you put the boat in the shop for longer than two weeks, you better drop you some StarTron in the tank. A little dabble, do you and keep kicking ethanol in the teeth. And make sure the next time you go to hit that key, that bad boy fires up. Start trying. kicking ethanol in the teeth and bringing you LBL. Pro Guide Batteries, proguidebatteries.com is where you can find them. They're also at a lot of dealers. And they also come factory equipment on so many Bass boat manufacturers out there from the OEM level. But ProGuideBatteries.com is where you can use code LBL10 to buy some of the best lithium batteries in the game. Get yourself a discount and let them know you are a low-lifer. ProGuideBatteries.com. Baitworks.com. Bait-WRX.com. Duncan-10. D-U-N-K-I-N-10. Saves you money at Baitworks. You can get the LOB Power Finesse Jigs there again had me some bites on that Joker in the last couple of days. It's time. It was good seeing that uh, Bassmaster open on Watts Bar. I watched um some of that coverage on FS1 and a lot of jig fishing going on. It's time. It's time. You better get you some LOB jigs. This this honestly, this time of year was really what this jig was built for, uh for me. I love this early fall transition time. They do bite a finesse jig, and that's where this jig shines. Uh it's got LBL on the logo, seven amazing colors. Go check it out and check out all the other stuff. Maybe maybe you're into some glide bait action. Maybe you're into some top water action, some square billing. This time of year, it goes down, and Bait dash works has everything you need. And last but not least, hang the imaginary banner. It's not behind us anymore, guys. Not in the <laughs> least. Express Boats, the Bassmaster Classic winning high-performance all welded aluminum bass boat 96 inch beam i was at the boat ramp this past friday putting in this fella pulls up next to me in a bumblebee boat and he says how heavy is that thing <laughs> i get asked all kind of questions how heavy is that thing i said in what way he's like does it run does it does it how, how you know does it move in the wind how fast is it blah blah blah, blah, blah. got all these uh all of these uh you hear the lawnmower behind me right now? My kids are mowing and I, I did, I, I don't know if you can hear it. Let's let's, let's see. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely you can hear, uh, on low budget live, but my kids are doing work. So that's, that's all that matters, right? That's all that matters. But anyways, lots of questions about the express, but it is a very stable fishing platform that does not get blown around in the wind. It takes rough water. Fantastic. A fraction of the pot price for a 21 foot fiberglass boat. Um, 250 Yamaha Show on the back. Y'all know the drill. Amazing whole shot. Amazing storage. Sea deck bow to stern. I cannot wait. And mine is for sale, my X21. So hit me up. If you're serious, send me a DM or shoot me an email. Low budget live, the number one at gmail.com. Express boats, building excitement since 1966. All right. You can hear the mower in the background. This had to be. Uh where the kids are mowing right now it is what it is i I apologize i have the uh noise canceling microphone but i i I know you can hear it (laughs) it is what it is it's low budget it is absolutely low budget all right so on today's show we're going to talk to a guy and 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 this is uh this is a guy i had in studio last week last week listen to me uh the mowers got me all jacked up uh, this is a guy I had in studio last year. He's a dear friend of mine. I've known him for uh, for several years now, and I love giving him a hard time. He, he loves to reciprocate that. Um, he's 10 years younger than me and and like a little brother at times for sure. It's crazy to see him grow up in this industry like he has. He is one of the hosts on the Bassmaster television show bassmaster live he handles the fox sports live coverage for the opens he has worked at bass for 10 years now in all sorts of things he absolutely is obsessed with bass fishing covering bass fishing talking about bass fishing this last couple years he has been saltwater run working the sport fishing championships it's been very cool though to see his growth in that tv world ladies and gentlemen we're going to get him on right now from Arkansas, Ronnie, Saltwater Ron, Smallmouth Ron Moore. All right, as promised, here he is, one of the voices and faces of the Bassmaster television show, live broadcast, everything Bassmaster, I feel like. I i introed you as a guy that the hardest oh room, work in the room, working your dream job, and I'd say that's fair, Ronnie Moore. Thanks for coming on LBL. I
3: appreciate it, Luke. I enjoyed the first one we did, even with the technical difficulties. And I even had to stall this from when we we're recording it and give me five minutes. I can wiggle some wires and, and make it work as well. So you're not the only one who's low budget. You just might do it better than everybody else.
1: Uh, I think I, I think that I definitely wear the crown of doing low budget better than everybody else, I think. But I, I am I get tired of it, though, man, because there's always when you live the low budget life, there are always problems and uh, technical difficulties at times that's what you text me you said dude my camera wire I was like hey leave the low budget stuff for me bud Mr. Bassmaster <laughs> Studio in Little Rock
3: exactly no uh it's the same thing I just talked about in an Instagram story the other day with the anglers I always wants fan input on what content they want to see what content should I make just do it no matter how janky it looks how low budget you are if your video and stuff on a cell phone to put on just do it, and then you'll know what you want to do. Don't wait till you get a bunch of good ideas. Just do the bad ones, and then you'll realize what are good ideas. So, I'm glad on the podcast. I'm glad that my uh, my pseudo studio here in the in the house on a Sunday afternoon is working.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I saw that post, and and it really I appreciated it. You know, I messaged you on that post because I, I think so many times now. And and whether you're an angler, whether you're a musician, whether, you know, all the things that I like to keep up with uh, an athlete, whatever, I think social media was kind of born in my opinion. And and we've talked about this a lot on here with a guest recently. It was born from like, Hey, show me kind of behind the curtain. Show me who you are. Show me the real you. And the people that excel at social media, I feel like do that well, whether that be a Gerald Swindle in the fishing world, or I think even a guy like The Rock, right? Who's obviously globally famous for so many different reasons. But I do feel like he kind of gives you an insight. Hey, I'm working out. Hey, I'm bass fishing. Hey, I'm filming a movie this week. But I think that's what social media for me is about. And then it turned into a sales tool for a lot of companies and still is. And I get that. But I think that sometimes anglers really they, they just lose sight of, man, we've got a lot of great personalities in this industry and you need to let that shine. Just be yourself.
3: A hundred percent. And I think when you be yourself, you become happier. And that's what the, it was never that, 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 you know, Instagram story wasn't rooted in like negativity of like, don't listen to the fans or the worst people in the world. Hey, dumb anglers and your indecisiveness. No, it was literally when you do something that you enjoy, it's easy to replicate. If, if, if this podcast was something that you begrudgingly did because someone behind the scenes, said, Luke, you have to do a hundred podcasts a year. It makes it harder to continue to do it out a desire. But when you do something, that's why I tell Bass this, I will tell salespeople people at Bass. I say, Hey, let's, let's just figure out content to make and then pitch it to companies to sponsor it. Because if we're okay doing it and doing this content with zero people paying us, then when people pay us it's we're already doing it it's already good it's for the anglers or it's for this it's for that but when you create an idea with a paycheck loop to it or something you, you with well my fans will only like me if i do this content well then that's going to go by the wayside when when you're really not feeling 100% to do it so that was what it was rooted in do what you love and and that's why honestly it's weird during from 2020 on nobody you know the world has never fished as much as it has from 2020 on Yet I've never fished less than I have because I realized why am I just going fishing to try to catch a five pounder so I can show it off for Instagram when I'd rather be home with my wife through what we're going through or now that a one and a half year old as last week, like I want to be home with her or I want to be at church. And, and that's the Ronnie Moore. And and I struggled with that for a little bit. You know, we we ballooned up to 25,000 followers on Instagram in, in a year and a half. And that was like, heck, I'm going to keep doing it. And I really didn't love it. And so then I just became myself and I've grown 1,000 over the last three or four years. So, And and I'm happier than I was growing. So do what makes you happy. And so I'm glad that you're doing the podcast, glad that the anglers just do what they do. And um, that's what we try to do with, you know, I use YouTube as an experimental tool with Bass, all the stuff we create and put there. The fans will tell us what, what it likes, whether they comment it or not, but just based on the viewership. This works on this platform. Our viewers watch this. This is the feedback we got. And this is this is, these are the haters that pop up no matter what we do. So you know. <laughs>
1: I love that I, so I, much. I, <laughs> it is, but it is true, dude. You can't make oh, I, see the out. Accounts.
3: I know if the counts are gonna say something bad. <laughs> oh
1: dude, I've got listen, I've got names over the years of doing this that when it pops up, you're like, oh boy. The second I yeah, well, I know where it's headed, right? Immediately. <laughs> um but, but dude, I, I, I love that you say Like when you guys are creating a segment for Bass, whether it be for the website or uh, something for live without a sponsor in mind, that is how this started. I get a lot of grief now over advertising for my sponsors through the show at times, but this show didn't have a sponsor when it started. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that the, that the low lifers have created to be able to have this show, have official sponsors. It's very cool for me, but it was never made with that in mind. It certainly has turned into a a lot of different things uh, for a lot of different people. I feel like over the last six years, but, uh, but I love that, man. And I think that's such a good, like, if you want to film yourself going fishing, do it because you like to film yourself going fishing and, and editing that makes you happy. For me, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> like, I, I really hate editing video uh, of fishing trips and I hate dragging out all the batteries and the, and the GoPros and all that stuff. Not I used to enjoy it way more than I do now. I, sometimes I just like to go though and turn everything off the phone, like all of them just go bass fishing. That's why I fell in love with this in the first place is just being on the water. And I feel like this year, I've done more of that than ever before, uh, this summer in particular, and just kind of like getting back to square one, man, I think that's important. So I, I love going back to that. I love that approach because I think so many people, and I know you'll agree with this, especially like in this Gary V world we live in, I feel like, uh, which I was going to say, I'm a Gary V fan, but I'm saying there are so many people that just go, well, I'm just going to do this to make money. Right. Like they don't have a necessarily any passion for it, it's just, I'm just going to get online and do this because I think it will catch fire. If that makes sense. Yeah.
3: No, hundred percent. He's, and he's even been one who's a hustler, you know, work your brains out. If you work seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you're still not working hard enough. Uh, yeah. But then he's also the guy who's like, there are people who would, Who hate the promotion they got? They work so hard to get a promotion, and then they hate that it now keeps them away from their family an extra day. They would they would make sixty thousand and be happier than if they made eighty five thousand, but they miss more things because they they have to now earn that paycheck by working long hours, more important meetings. You know, being uh, sometimes. Being the little man is not the worst thing in the world, but yeah, like just for instance, tackle tip Tuesday that derived out of 2018 split when, when the anglers left and went to MLF, one of the things that hurt my heart was, oh, you know, we're not getting enough media exposure and videos and enough things for us. And so, I, I mean, I literally, people think we just cried. There was a little bit of that for me just being a 21 or 22 year old, whatever I was, but I was like, well, how do I, as a media person that's getting all of this, feedback the public and kind of and not me I, they weren't ever probably dragging me in reality but they were just saying we need to do more media well all i do is wake up and do media i need to figure out a way to help our anglers so tackle tip tuesday derived out of every tuesday we're gonna have a different angler on uh a tip about that time of the year or what their specialty is and try to make it pertinent to if someone is fishing that week they could catch a bass based off what they heard And so I started doing that. And then when uh, like Mercury currently sponsors it, and when they're asking if this is something that they could sponsor, I told them directly, not Mercury directly, but our sales. I said, there will be Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury anglers in these videos. I'm not going to just make it Mercury angler. Like we're doing this for the anglers, not just for certain anglers. Every year we get 50 plus anglers represented. And now we're doing it, you know, with the, the 10 Bassmasters with the classic and the elites that, if you win one, you get a winning Tackle Tip Tuesday. So you might get two Tackle Tip Tuesdays in a year. Or like Joey Cifuindos, you might get 12 Tackle Tip Tuesdays in a year. <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> so say, it, it arrived out of that. We needed to do yeah. something for our anglers, and that's what we did. So that's, you know. You,
1: you got to do a cowboy hat series with Joey or something, just different hats for different days at this point. He's getting too many Tackle Tip Tuesdays. He actually – he texted me the other night, and he was, like, asking me about guitars. He's bought a new guitar – and he's he says, man, you got you got to see this guitar. And then he just invited himself to my house in a text thread, which I'm here for. But he goes, hey, I want to come to the bar and grill and and hang out and play music. And I said, well, come on, Joe. And then he said, but by the way, Gwen and I also need a babysitter. And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess I'll have to line that up too. Uh, but that was a conversation with Cowboy Joe the other night, uh, and we're going to try to get him to the bar and grill very soon. But no, man, you you guys, I will say this: Bass is the the social media. Presence you guys have it's it's monstrous and and, you know you work very hard at it and I love going back just like the top ten photo galleries the bait galleries always love swiping through those but the tackle tip Tuesday stuffs fantastic as well Uh, but I do have a bone to pick with you with alliteration okay tackle tip (laughs) Tuesday I feel like you're saw that on
3: social media I didn't I didn't create that I saw someone post one infrequently and said. Hey, that's perfect. It could be like, you know, t- tip Thursday, tackle tip Tuesday, but we got it. I was like, you know, like wrong well, fish Wednesday. It's a fat Todd deal, you know?
1: Fat Todd. <laughs> Listen, the and I'm, a, I'm an alliteration junkie. It's weird, like in songwriting and like what makes my ears perk up, but we've got to stop with the tackle tip Tuesday. Alex Davis. Alex Davis does hey, it. Wh-
3: yeah. Yeah, uh, Williams wills his way to watch Bar win. You know, we could do yesterday for the Open, or or whatever. Or we could, according to our fans, we could do stupid Saturday stuttering kid. Whenever I host lot, that's normally what it is. Is you know whatever that. that there's a couple a couple of my buddies who comment those things. Uh, but you know, it,
1: good Saturday.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, so yeah, the alliteration is. uh,
1: it's running wild, Ron. Sure, there's a the time
3: wild. that I'm a fan. Time I'm a fan of it, and then there's a time where I'm like, "Man, we dug in the thesaurus for that one. We got it. We had to find that that adjective for you know to go in there or whatever."
1: Well, I, 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 of course, I'm joking when I say that. I like to see people trying things on their social media and trying to be active and stay up with things. But we uh, we do have a lot of alliteration in the fishing world. That is uh, that is for sure. So you're to blame for that, then, Ron. That, that's yeah, good, yeah. buddy.
3: Friday's um, forward-facing tip of the week. <laughs> That'll be the next podcast. I can't. I can't do it right now.
1: No, we're not. Listen, buddy. I am so sick of those three letters. I've never oh, been FFS. I'm so sick of that uh, these days. Hey, and I we
3: built. It. We've built our life on Bass Life of being vague about baits and techniques. And I've never wanted to be more specific about ones in my life. Get away from the vague. Vague that covers the whole genre of it, but. I, like, hey, it's a certain kind that's really dominating or it's it's a few kinds that are dominating. Just, you know, can we say it without do I lose my job? Like I have to ask these fine print questions during the commercial.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. And I think that's maybe why fans are frustrated is it's there's a lot to learn from it. and And you're like me with you guys see everything that's going on, like the Wizard of Oz. It's always my joke with fat cats. You see all the cameras other than what you're commentating on program, right? Like, you've got an idea of what's going on out there, and so you guys watch hours and hours and hours of this over these pro's shoulders. And there's a lot to be learned that I think, and I've said this on here many times, of course, but that I think people are missing. Even when a guy's staring at his graph and not talking, there's a lot of things, if you just watch, that they may not be pointing out because – they they're sneaky aka patrick walters um but there's there are things to be learned is that that's fair to say
3: a hundred percent i mean i don't even i don't even like forward-facing sonar like i i don't i don't go fishing regularly anymore just time wise the only time free is august and december those are the best fishing months in uh, arkansas as everybody knows it's, it's absolutely terrible to go so i'm like you know if fish Consistently again, would I get one? Probably, but uh, that's not my style anyway. So I don't desire to watch that. So when people are like, oh, it's so boring to watch, dude, don't even open your mouth about that. I watch every minute of it and I have to make it fun. Like I literally, it, no one's thinking about, well, at least they're paying me to watch this. No, I'm like, oh my God, all 10 are using it. Hopefully we <laughs> have some cool visuals. And some of our guys on like, camera wise, and, and we've toyed around with some tech to show the screen on there and and there's some just like on the water when you see the guys catching them and you don't see all the idle time or there's things to learn like you said there's a lot of things at bass and bassmaster live that we want to do that we're not allowed to or that we can't quite do yet and we're trying to figure it out people are like bass should do this we are on the same page i promise you we are doing our best and it is it is hard when you see that and you have to like ex- try to explain to the fans without giving away the whole playbook of why we ran a jet sweep this play. And then we ran slants the next play when they don't understand that we saw cover two and, and or an NJ all out blitz. And, and you don't, you don't see that. And so there is a ton to be learned for a style efficient. I don't necessarily, uh you know, would cater to Um it's, It's absolutely a crazy tool. I remember it's crazy that 2023 and we're freaking out about you know live sonar. When I I, 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 28
1: times when this thing came came into our lives, you know. Well, think about this. I
3: I didn't get Facebook till I was a senior in high school, and so it's only been like a decade or 11 years since that since I was in high school. Whatever it is, I I was using panoptics. Buddy Trent Palmer's put it Lake Hartwell in the fall of 2016, and we won a tournament with 10 pounds, uh, a Clemson College fundraiser. We used it. He is on a conference call in the back of the boat during practice. I see a, I'm like, that's a big brush pile. I pitch my drop shot over to it on, on Panoptics OG Gen 1, and it wasn't a big brush pile. It was a skinny little scrawny tree with 100 bass in it, and they all swam up to my bait. And I was like, it's not going to hit the bottom. And I clicked my bail and I set the hook and catch one. And I was like, that was crazy. And so 2016 was when the, like the first gym that I've ever seen or used. I've, um, Cause I have I've only got to fish. I think I fished with the fall with Trent in 2016 and then the winter of 2017 or 2018, uh, right before the year elite in 19. So yeah, somewhere around there. So it, it was very, very new years ago, but it's just, and, and, we can. I, I probably this isn't what the podcast is about. It's just chit chatting. But I understand fans' frustrations with it. Um, we had so many events this year where two or three guys, in the top ten, were utilizing it. Maybe a fish was used on it to win the event, but it wasn't dominated until we hit a long two month break. The Sabine to Saint Clair. We have an event. The entire top ten is using it. Then we have tough, the entire top 10 of the next two were both using it as well. So our recency bias is we had the last three top 10s all using it. But prior, we didn't have 30 total anglers in the other seven tournaments of our season that were religiously using it. And so, you know, Luke Palmer, Sam Cooper utilized it big time. Drew Benton, maybe, maybe he used one or two active target catches, but he was bed fishing and shed spawn. Uh, or a uh, pairing spawn, or either both. Um, you know, and, and you just see a Tyler Ravette who did well on Murph with it, or a Kiyo Fujita who did work on it. And then Joey wins uh, Seminole, and Ravette wins Okeechobee. But everyone else in those top tens weren't, weren't avidly using it. Yes, yeah. it won the event, but we, we didn't feel overwhelmed and consumed with it. It was just, wow, they're looking at these OG bodies of water in a different light, I was more shocked that we had one guy winning the event at Seminole doing what he was doing. Because if it was a college tournament, there'd be 900 boats in the mouth of Spring Creek. That's that's what yeah. I was I was more shocked. There was only one doing it. And then I think Pat Schlapper was using a jerkbait and seeing seeing fish doing it. But other than that, I mean there wasn't too tremendously Jay Shakir at Lay Lake catching spotted bass doing it. Like it there's little bits and pieces, but it's not overwhelming. So I get it. I have to watch it as well. I was pleasantly surprised at Watts Bar and five guys fishing bank um, beaten. It it was a good mixture. And so I think one remedy is we fish in the fall. I texted Lisa Talmadge, fish in the fall, fish in the fall. I texted her that and said, we're seeing diversity today and what we're seeing on little old Watts Bar, um, which I love that place. And it's just September's tough. But in, in that monologue, like I get it. Uh, there's ways to probably counteract it, and so hopefully we get to that. Um, but we can't obviously adjust our schedule from the final day of St. Lawrence to one week later when the debates come about it and just avoid a Smith like you can't I like we we can't can't recreate the wheel in a week when we've been planning a schedule all year, so, yeah, i
1: love it. the future. I love I loved when the schedule dropped and some of the comments are like, Well, this is just caters to social media, or and then some of them said, Well, this is not catering to social media. And it's like, listen, the schedule's been worked on for a year. Schedules are very longer, schedules are very hard. It's the hardest part of this whole game. I talked about this last week, being involved with MPL. Like, I mean, the scheduling is ridiculous. Like it's it's a huge, huge um burden at times and trying to work with cities and, and just make the schedule make sense for all the anglers. And it's uh it's, it's a challenge. And so I think the schedule was already put to bed before, uh like you said, this recency bias that you have, that's a great way to put it because it is, man, I, I think back on the moments from the year where there's Christie's giant down at Lay Lake, Christie frog fishing this deep down there. Uh, incredible. I think about the, the, you know, Steve Kennedy at Okeechobee and all these just crazy frog blow ups and Brandon Cobb in there catching big ones. And dude, Revet, when he was absolutely beating the brakes off of them in the river, it was awesome footage too, dude. It was it yeah. was incredible. Like now it wasn't 10 guys, like you're saying, you had a reprieve from it, but at Seminole, uh with Joey, you're you're so right. Kataro Kiriyama almost won an elite doing that same thing years and years ago, man. Like with 2D those fish get caught out there in those trees and, and Joey just happened to, to mine it to perfection uh, to, to win his first of two trophies of the year. But, but yeah, I think people, uh, they certainly, they, they love to forget. Um, And, and I, and I think to, to say that you guys, MLF, MPFL aren't having open conversations and haven't been for a while on how do we make this more entertaining for the fans? Because like you said, dude, I watch it for seven hours straight, and I'm like, "Come on!" I mean, I get it.
3: And Then I go weigh when I've already been prognosticating about bass track, and I have to watch it just to make sure what I saw all day came true, or to hear what they said at the weigh-in stage. And so, yeah, it, it's a it's a whole big deal. But um, no, I think that I I've never once been in a meeting with Bass. Not that I'm in many meetings because I'm the redheaded stepchild of because I'm. <laughs> I'm everyone's nephew at that work, but, uh, they're, they're like, uh, yeah, let's, let's find a way to not listen to our fans or anglers in this meeting. And I'm like, I've never heard that. I've never once heard them go into like a payout, you know, uh, meeting or a live meeting and say like, how do we sneakily pull the drapes over their eyes? Like, like I've, never, I've never done that. I've never seen that. And so it hurts my heart take you know with social media when 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 people say those things without any kind of understanding especially i loved it i i, I really actually abstained you'd be impressed i abstained from commenting That's on rare for you. i and i've done it the last year uh you know the lord has taken the desire away for me to come comments so uh so i've i've stopped commenting and then did comment on a buddy's thing. He was like, "Yeah, the views aren't doing too great." I just saw him, and I'm like, "I haven't even seen the views. What are you talking about, buddy? Like, show me the numbers, because my Man. boss has no reason to lie to me about it, and and I haven't even heard him from Fox yet. What are you talking about?" So I said, "Show me the numbers. It's okay. So it's this, this is a this is a private conversation on Facebook. Show me the numbers, then."
1: Yeah, I I love that so much. That well, the ratings are down do you know the ratings? How do you get the ratings? Facebook guy? How do you get them? I see that all the time about MPF, but nobody's watching. I'm like, well, dude, do you have the numbers or do you, are you seeing it? Because I do get to see it and it's not nobody.
3: (laughs) And I do, I do love it when they're like, I will never watch a tournament with forward facing sonar, blah, blah, blah. How do you know we're, forward-facing stone art up unless you've watched it this morning yes you may you may not watch it for eight hours you may watch it for an hour but you watched it to know if it was going on and then ah, and then close your laptop and walk away or i don't even know if these folks have laptops if it's just a desktop or if it's just a you know blackberry throwing
1: stuff at their tv on fs1 man
3: yeah i know and so it's it's quite a bit going on behind the scenes trying
1: do you you think though and i because i feel this way and i forget Maybe it was Austin Felix last week um that I had on. We were talking about for me on live, like with you guys at St. Lawrence in particular, smallmouth events can be boring, you know. I they re- always have been. Every single one of them have always been. Right. But I feel like the fish catch ratio for live has gone up through the freaking roof. Okay. More action, more action. Nonstop. Yeah. And so I, I'm for as a viewer, I'm like. Well, yeah, I don't like necessarily watch the guy stare at the screen, but, my gosh, he's scooping a five-pound – there's somebody scooping a five-pound smallmouth constantly, I feel like, throughout the broadcast. Like, that's incredible to me.
3: Yeah, the, the only smallmouth tournaments, if I, if I had to think very, really quickly off the top of my head, that were absolutely fun to watch that didn't involve forward-facing. Sorry. KVD's spy bait win at the St. Lawrence um, – <laughs> You got Seth's crankbait win at St. Clair. And other than that, it's the same stuff, except back in the day, we were just less efficient with 2D. And so we're only making these weights go up in the tournaments. We're only bringing more and more action. Man, we used to think about what about the lull in the day? There are times where we're trying to hit every catch in the first four hours of the show. And we're like – ah, uh, it's a four pounder. We can't show that one. Like it's not even going to make the cut because we got so many big ones coming in. So it, it's absolutely crazy. Um, you know, as a kid, as a kid who grew up with Topo maps and I used to use the, uh, whatever the, the maps app on my way, college fishing, I got a top 10 at Lake Norman running down the lake, waiting to see my pin on the lake, you know, the, the, the pocket where I had it marked. Oh, we're getting close to our spot. It's in the fog and I don't have a GPS on my boat. I got black graphs. That's how I got to spot. Right. So like, I know that it's progressed and I'm super excited to see where it's at, but, uh, and Austin have talked about this. Um, but like the only thing I could see is, is I don't want to go away, but like, if, if they asked me, if Bass said, Hey, this is weird, wacky wild Wednesday, for all the alliteration fans, we're going to get Ronnie's two cents on this. I would say, don't, don't take it away. But if we limited it in terms of uh, still feasible for fans, fans can get uh, one unit and one transducer for the front. They not have three on the transom in the back or one out the side of their console at the driver's seat. Like, like the number of arms on the a rig, don't or the or the number of blades or the number of hooks don't maybe make it go all the way away because it is a useful tool it has taught us quite a bit i think even in that frog fish catch from uh you know fest at okay for steve kennedy he put it on perspective mode in a foot and a half of water with grass all around and we saw a two pounder swim and rye and he pitched over there and caught it. like how cool is that um can it get monotonous for sure we have a four box with everyone going down the bank, fishing my favorite way flipping on a frog and you think they're going to catch one and they don't. It's the same thing as looking at four forward facing million. They're they're popping it on a fish and they're not biting. And you're like, Oh my God, bite it, bite it, bite it, bite it. Like it's the same type of thing. It's just the generation that may be complaining about it. The generation that feels like the ways they learn to fish are going away. I relate to that a hundred percent. Um, And so I understand, but do we set our tournaments back and we all run 17 foot boats with one hundreds and, and topo maps on lakes we've never been to and there's no practice. Do we have a 10 pound tackle rule? Like how much do you want to sacrifice? I've always hated the term grow the sport. How much do we want to sacrifice growth of the sport to have the sport look like the way we want it to look? Mm -hmm. Um, Do we guys get, Blown up in the nfl with the hits across the middle heck yeah that's awesome do we also know people die from that heck yeah we don't want people dying either so we have to find a way to advance the sport grow it stay on national tv and also hear the concerns from both and 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 fans i get it um i i empathize with both sides i see both sides I'm not agree with both sides, but there's gotta be somewhere in the middle that entertains both both trains of thought. And I'm well, okay with to go to Ross Barnett, every event. That's cool.
1: Well, I think, I think too, that something's got to go into consideration is it's, it's, it's big time that you guys are live, whether it was on ESPN or FS1. Now it's, that's, that's big for the sport. And I think that what people don't realize is if you were to gather a lot of folks in a room, right. And they don't know, what forward facing sonar is. They don't know who, uh, you know, Justin Atkins is on the front deck of the boat. They're just, they're just clicking through and they land there. They want to see some kind of action. I would say they want to see some act. They don't know. And, and you hope, uh, in my opinion, this is what the hope is of having this on FS1. The hope is to grow that audience, right? That tunes into Bassmaster. Maybe they pick a favorite guy. Uh, you know, I, I'll use me for example. Earlier this year, I got to go to, uh, and this is a lot different thing, but it's a sport that I'm not familiar with. I went to the IndyCar race in Nashville. I've never kept up with that in my life. And I went, and my boys and I went, and and I'm like, this is really freaking cool. And I grew up, my, my grandfather loved NASCAR and things, but never been really just religious about it by any stretch of the imagination. Don't kind of loosely know what's going on, but I started following some of the racers that we saw that day. On social and kind of keeping up with it, but just casually. And for me, it's like you can always expand that viewership. All you got to do is have action, have a cool storyline, which you guys are great at at setting up, I feel like. And when somebody stops, if somebody's battling a five pound smallmouth and five foot waves coming over the nose of the boat and it's insane, that might make them go, Oh my gosh, what is going on right here? And stop. So the more fish catches, the better for that for that situation
3: a hundred percent i mean uh like the the pit road fights for the people who like nascar but don't that's the ugly side of sport like oh come on let's be gentlemen race your cars at 200 miles an hour but do we have to push each other and one's got a helmet on one does and that's tacky meanwhile people who are just tuning into instagram are like in the nose like I don't even know these guys but one someone yeah. has to get bloody right now his <laughs> sins need to be reconciled let's beat him up you know like whatever yeah. the Davey Allison's on the back stretch and you know Dale Earnhardt I watched it the other day I watched it live uh when I was a kid Finer, uh Bristol Terry Labani or it passes Dale Earnhardt entering the last lap Dale does the up on the track comes on and does, does he bump Terry and spin him out? Heck yes, he does. Is there a huge smoke and a crash? Does everyone hate Dale on for it? Yes. That's who he is. So, um, you know, it's, it's a weird thing. I'll say this. When we had 45 minutes, T you may have missed out on the monotony of 2d sonar with small mouth tournaments. We showed you the best highlights of it. Yes. If so the best. watch, I can make Luke Duncan sit down and watch the Kardashians for 45 minutes. and This is crazy. I don't know if I could spend all day with them. Then now the Kardashian show turns into a seven-hour live show. You're going to get fed up pretty quick. It's the same thing with bass fishing. We had 45-minute snippets. Here's the best of the best curated and made for your desire. Now you have to watch seven straight hours of unfiltered filtered. Decision making and camera swaps and catches, what you see may get old. You may have watched Bassmaster shows for 20 years at 45 minutes a pop, and that's your childhood. That's what you love. And now you can't get a whole season of seven hours every single day live because it's, think about it, we were live like 350 hours or 325 hours this year that we were live or we had 10 hours of TV programming every year with ESPN. That's 32 years of Bassmaster programming, we do a year now. And so, of course, things get old monotonous. We are literally seeing more than we've ever seen. It's it's desensitizing towards things. Yeah. So uh, I watched the Kardashians for 45 yeah. minutes. But God, I don't want to watch them for seven hours,
2: four you days straight. No, hold no.
1: on a second. We, I'm not. We're not skipping over that. And I, I, and if your lovely bride has you watching that, then that's fine because no, the triple no, threat no. had me watch 90 Day Fiance before. Okay, I, I've I've been down the trash TV rabbit hole. The Kardashians, <laughs> though, I can't I can't watch for 45 minutes. I can't watch for four minutes now. If Kim wants to go fishing, then that's that's that, right? Like I'm not here to judge. She wants to go fishing with me. I'll ask Marissa. To get finished, okay. Hey, when my favorite,
3: you know, when I'm in high school, when I'm in high school or I'm a freshman in college, and I've got a TV big, you know, on my on my dresser because it was the newest one. It had a VHS you slid into the face of the TV like back when Nickelodeon wasn't playing or the 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 beers on got staticky. You had to find something. So I was trying to be. Uh, I'm gonna go watch MTV or VH1 because that's the that's the uh oh that's the new yeah you know, empty, so, right. yeah yeah. But yeah you see you see you see the uh, Kim Kardashian's or the Jersey Boys. hey when when I hung out with my mom on Saturday morning I didn't get my way I didn't get to watch whatever I wanted to I watched Young and the Restless for an hour and then he'd let me watch college football or whatever or the NASCAR race so I've watched it all that's why whenever I act like a know it all I have seen a whole bunch of crap in 30 years I promise you what stuff I didn't want to see and stuff that I just am aware
1: exists (laughs) I I love that you're just you're just programmed man you just got that between your ears uh I, I think that's important in life though to and and a lot of people watching this go, what you had to watch soap operas? I remember watching soap operas with my mom. <laughs> so <laughs> I
3: see a, I see a commercial, and I still see them the same people when I was ten are doing it when I'm thirty, and I'm like. She's no longer the hottest girl in town that they've been talking about. I promise like there's some they lost they lost, they've had bad spawns they've lost generations of people in this town that that's the only one we still talk about.
1: How many times has she been killed off and Brian resurrected though that's the thing because of them soap operas dude. they will murder you quick and then they're like she just walked back in here. she's a ghost. No, I survived the car crash when they cut my brakes. <laughs>
3: yeah the darkness returns uh, again after his initial return yes he's here back he's back
1: but uh i had a babysitter uh when i was like 10 years old that watched days of our lives like dude she was like me and my little brother because we were terrible children and she would be just like shut up it's time for days of our life we'd be like trying to talk to my mom about it. like she's kind of like mean like i don't know she wants to watch her shows you know my mom's like i like days of our lives too leave her alone all right hey I'm,
3: I'm an i'm an og or i know that young and the rest is better than days of our lives and that the office is better than parks and rec that's where there the similarities are there and and you got to pick a side <laughs> i'm a young and restless not a days of our lives not at all
1: i am uh okay i'm an office over parks and rec too we can agree on that Thank you. i love Thank parks you. And rec. I love Parks and Rec. Don't get me wrong. It's I do
3: reference I do reference Ron Swanson religiously, yeah. the one, the one quote worth doing it, where I've always learned it's better to whole butt one thing than to half butt two things. So that's that's one thing I always say to myself. Make sure you're not stretching yourself thin. It's better to do one thing a hundred percent than two things fifty.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's where are we? What are we talking? See before we're live, dude. Like we don't have to. We can just we can just have a conversation. That's what I love about it. It's not an interview. It's just a combo, buddy. I love it. Uh, it I I do got to get you back in uh, into the bar and grill here for another non technical issue. Hopefully, uh, LBL (laughs) we can do in person now with my new little setup here. But uh, listen, we can talk about the office all day. My wife told me the other day that um, she read a study that there's something mentally off with you <laughs> if you watch the same thing every day. Oh, she, dude. And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah. She goes, how many times can you watch? I watch it every night. I watch The Office every night of my life. Most people probably don't. Every night of my life. My my dad used to do that with shows though, right? He'd fall asleep in the chair with the remote. I'm that guy now at 40, Steve' Kerr, office is on. My wife mad because she's already fell asleep. Turns the TV on. every, every night that I'm home. Ends that way every night.
3: We have been a new girl for me and I love Joe New Girl. Nick Miller is my spirit animal. Absolutely love it. They moved it off Netflix and it's on Hulu or something. We don't have that and I am not going to spend $10 on it, but have I looked on Amazon for the DVD set? A hundred percent. I'm trying to get me some new girl with my life. Yeah, that's, that's our thing. And now, now that I'm 30, as of this summer, I now wake up on the couch with the remote in my hand as Razorbacks are starting their final possession down by seven. And they're just going to go get 12 penalties on the final drive and lose last night. That's what I wake up to. So that's how I woke up last night had to get mad, tweet something and go back to bed. Uh, Actually, in actual. So I guess I'm one of the old heads now.
1: Dude, I, I tried to stay up for the Colorado game, Colorado, Colorado State, and I made it to <laughs> halftime and then I was out. Like I just, Tennessee I had gotten all my energy screaming at the TV <laughs> while my voice sucks today. Um, I've never been as, uh, well, I'm a Vols fan, so I've been that upset. I shouldn't have <laughs> been that upset. But last night was just a combination of so many things and uh, the hype coming into this year and I was I was a little you know and I know you're a gigantic sports fan um I've been a little I think Tennessee's been suspect in the first two games I've watched every minute of both felt like they were suspect I felt like all this like Joe Milton for Heisman talk was kind of crazy um he's not Hinden hooker he is not uh, no and 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 anybody that watched Joe in his previous life at Michigan or Joe in his previous life at Tennessee before he lost his job knows exactly who Joe Milton is, or at least other than that orange bowl performance, like who he is. And so I've been waiting for it and, uh, you know, and I can't completely pin that loss on him last night at all. Cause he, he actually has some great throws, some different things, but, um yeah it's just a different team this year man we hint that leadership and all that is so so important but uh, here i go down a college football rabbit hole with people in the comments going go gators go gators go gators over and over bobby out.
3: lane bobby lane just signed on to watch right now boy
1: <laughs> yeah no doubt about it dude um so something i've got in my notes here you i watched you on fs1 yesterday we're recording this here on a sunday for the monday podcast uh Killed it on FS1 with the opens. Every final event in the opens per division gets uh, an FS the FS1 treatment, which is awesome for a lot of guys that have never you know, had Chase Henley on camera. Who's a local guy, never been on camera. His family's following. It was such a cool story watching that go down. But but a lot of the opens anglers just they're not known in the bass fishing world. So man, to get on FS1, very cool. Um, but kind of talking about the opens. You and I, I think last year was around this, the similar time. And then I did a, uh, I did a Bassmaster podcast with you after that opens field, that roster was set, who was coming to the elites. Now we've done the EQs. It's starting to become crystal clear on a few that I think we're, we're definitely gonna, gonna have, we got two events to go. What, who are you kind of like, who's got your interest right now? What storyline in that EQ for fans listening, watching, uh, did they need to be paying attention to going into those final two opens?
3: Yeah, I think that uh, let me let me pull up the uh, AOI of it real quick. Um, yeah, no, just starting off, I would love for it to be, and hopefully the talks are progressed that we do more than just the final three. The hope was five this year. Um, But there we do so many things. I mean, I've been saltwater Ron half the year. I've been. Yes. uh, Forward forward facing denier Ron on the elites or whatever you want to call me. And so I've been we've been doing a lot of different things right now. You know, this whole weekend we were doing live shows, two different live shows. We were doing opens live and the other half of our uh, studio here was doing. Um, plane races. So we do the Reno air races where they race planes through the desert. We've done that for like thirty years. Wrong we with never knew sports. that. So all the, the plane races out in Reno, Nevada, that happen. This is like their big one. It's four days long, like an elite event. They've been doing that since Thursday, Um, and, and I just happened to not be on that. But Tommy was, Tommy was glued in and doing his thing. So that's why he's not a part of the opens or maybe the college bracket. Like, hey, Tommy, you can. I'll bring in a guest. We have Mark Menendez. You go do your thing. Um get it whatever don't feel a blot you need you need some days off too uh looking at it though the the 10 that we're fishing yesterday we i said this every time we have plans to turn on the cameras for fs1 magic happens did you see the top 10 we had yesterday it was good you had you had the top three in our opens eq Angler of the year race with jt tompkins john and trey mckinney you had four former Top level pros in Bobby Lane, Ishman Rowe, Greg Bohannon, and Jason Lambert. So that's set of our you had Chase Hanley, local for Kingston fishing, the only open he's ever done. He made the top 10. So there's eight, and then we had Wesley Gore for college angler fish, was Zeke Gossett, um, in high school and whatnot, just a stud. Mm -hmm. And he is he is in the top 10 now. This, and he's in the top 10 in the points race um you know in the eq deal and and has a shot to make it with two events left and then our winner tyler williams 20 years old from maine so our three winners our first and third were 21 21 and 18. how if that doesn't tell you half of our field is a local pro slash top level old school pro and half of them were really young guys and we're all within just a few pounds of each other on the final day. Anyone catch a five pounder yesterday had a shot to win, which is why I love the fall, which is why I love the opens. And I love the new gen versus the old gen. Um, so uh, absolutely fun covering that um, yesterday, but looking at it. So if you look at the opens EQ points, race, the standings, um, they don't update every single day on the opens, you know, points, right. race, standings. It's after the but event. If you look- but if you look at bash track, there's a tab above the live well weights that says AOI, and you can click it. And as they update fish catches up the day, you'll see the AOI change. So if you want to see what it looked like after day one, wake up at takeoff, click bash track, click AOI, and you'll see what it is after day one before anyone catches fish. So we're I don't know why that doesn't update in the standings like the elites, do, but it just does after each event. So JT Tompkins, John Garrett. Um, that's about 25, 23 points between the two of them. Another 30 points to Trey Kenny. And, uh, then we go to Kim Camara, not, not fishing, uh, to try to make the elites. He's already on the elites. He just fishes free event when he's in America, absolutely crushing. He's full points. Um, still honestly like 60 points from the lead. He can still win AOI on 10 grand for, for doing that. Robert G he's a, he's a little Knoxville volunteer over there. Mm-hmm. Um, in the college series, he's fourth in qualification, fifth in the standings. Brett Cannon, Keith Tuma, Wesley Gore, Jacob Bigelow, and Kyle Austin that's your top ten. There's about a 21-point gap from 10th to 11th where Logan Park sits, and then Kyle Patrick in 12th, and Bobby Lane tied for 12th. So-
1: he's, cl- he's, cl- cl- he's creeping up there. Hey,
3: I said with Kyle Bessie and the Bassmaster Podcast, a little plug right there. Those also come out sometime, I don't know, during the weeks, who knows, um, whenever we can find time from our actual we jobs, team, shout out Kyle
1: we'll, we'll give Kyle. I a got Kyle. Kyle. We'll I,
3: love, I love my Kyle. Um, I'm trying to teach him all the good things about me and trying to make him not learn the bad things about me so that he can be the best. Have any bad things about you, Ron. Oh, uh, just, you know how it is. When you speak a lot, sometimes you say mean things or wrong things. So I try to get him to mind his P's and Q's because he is in my opinion, uh, one that could be very influential impactful in our sport as the younger generation. He's only like five years, four years younger than me, but younger than me carrying a torch. Kyle's the absolute man. Um, I said going into the last three, that if you were in the top 25, you still had a legitimate shot. That was about 75 points, uh, maybe eight points out. to so three events, 80 points, 200 boat field, um the, the odds you'd have to catch them pretty good but the chance to do that was still there we saw uh Tyler Williams go from 29th to 17th and his points is he is about he is 60 on the dot behind so Bobby Lane was 60 points out in 21st cut it to 30 he's only 30 points out Tyler Williams was 29th he has now cut it to 60 points back so Two events, you're going to have to make a top 10 if you're probably 60 points back. But I'd say anyone in the top 20, you know, top top 20, you're going to have a real good shot to be able to do it, which includes Jamie, Spin Milliken, Jordan, Nia, Tyler, Upshaw, Sam George, Matt Henry, and the other guys I mentioned. So a lot of – I told Kyle this in the podcast as well. I would be cool with taking 1 through 10 for the Elite Series as rookies. I'd be cool with 11 through 20, 21 through 30, 31 through 40. It's it's hard to find a name I don't know, but it's hard to find a name that's not already been stated in a top 10 or a former pro or whatever it is, a longtime opens guy. It feels absolutely stacked. Um, so Ben Milliken posted it this morning. Um he said, got to win to, to stay alive. So him in 19th, he thinks I have to win the Ozarks to stay alive. That's the urgency that these guys not in. You don't want to have to put all your chips in the Harris chain basket. You want to be within 20 points, getting a 20 point shot. So, so I'd say that uh, I'd say the top 20 are still in it with the, being said Casey Scanlon 26th. We're going to his home Lake at the Ozarks. Yes. Casey jumps into the top 17 or 16, let's just say gains 10 places in the standings. I'd look for him at the Harris chain to maybe sneak in there in the last spot. You just want chaos to the opportunity for chaos to happen and be and be within the realm of of it up in you know, positively um some guys really killed themselves jack dice only in one fish in on day two at watts bar that's a killer he drops the 30th um a couple other guys clark Bream, needed a day two didn't get it 34th really good reasons. with a 200 plus boat field especially 180 invest in the eqs uh, like phenomenal season but you're gonna come short of the top nine you know uh, the first nine non-elites to qualify. Sammy, a lot of pressure on Sammy. I, I, I really have high expectations of him, and he has been the the survivalist. If he does a good one, he turns it around big-time day two, but he's actually gotten off to a good start in a couple events, which is very helpful for him. So looking at Sammy, and and you may not know – people may not know Matt Henry. I know you probably oh, do an Justin Kimmel.
1: Yeah, he's an
3: animal. Uh, oddly slipped up. At Watts Bar, I'd All expect time. Matt Matt to do well at Ozarks, and I believe Matt has fished Harris Chain with the team championship with Justin before, so in this time of the year. So Georgia guy, but not a not a local to Florida. I would expect uh, if he gets out of Ozarks with a good one, and when I say good one, at least a check, top 40. Yeah,
1: Got um, to be a check. Yeah. Some
3: guys need two top 10, some guys need a top 10 and a top 40. Some guys, if you get a top 10, you can get a 60th and be okay. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch. But day one, every single day we go along, I said there's four guaranteed days left of competition, day one and day two of each event. Ooh, I don't know if there's more pressure because uh, the ability to be 120th compared to the elites, where the ability to be 100th is the farthest you can go, you can go be 120th and you're like, I'm right in the barely below mid pack. Holy crap! I'm so far behind now.
1: Yeah, man. I you're talking about Sammy George feeling the pressure. I actually don't think that Sammy feels it. He is so no, I'm no, no. um, like I'm
3: putting pressure on him, but
2: he is uh, he is. Yeah. No, I'm putting pressure on him.
1: Yeah. yeah, he just if he makes it, he ma- He's at the point I think in life. He's like he's been so close so many times. He's like, look, if I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. He wants to make it. Obviously, he works as hard as anybody I know at trying to make it. But he's like, man, it just. It is what it is. He had a great first day at Watts Bar and a bad second day. And like you said, normally Sammy sucks on day one and then comes back on day two. I, uh,
3: suck. I, has I said. Has worked. I
1: said, because I don't fish those anymore. So I can I can armchair quarterback Sammy sucking, even though he's a fantastic human being and fisherman. Um, I have a hard time thinking that Bobby Lane. Won't get it done, but man, I know it's easier said than done. He's had kind of a rough year, but now he's sitting right outside of it. Harris Chain is somewhere he's got a mountain of experience and, and you know, at all different times of the year. And I got to think Lake of the Ozarks is going to set up for him too. Uh, this week, I think we're going to see a similar tournament to Watts Bar and it'll be some old school fishing going on, right? Like you, you know, we saw a lot of jig fishing and, and things like that. I think you'll see some of that at Ozarks this week. Uh, probably going to be some forward facing going on too, though, right? Like, I mean, just obviously yeah. there's a lot of brush in the lake. Uh, you mentioned a guy like Milliken. I think Milliken's got a pretty good amount of experience on Lake of the Ozarks. I think he was the only one when he grew up in Nebraska that's kind of close, really, for a major tournament. lake. I think he does – have some experience there, so I, I would not be shocked to I see him see have a, a good
3: one. I could see a big bait really playing, too, at times. Oh, you know, you, sure. you see You have a school of five-pounders come from underneath the dock just to look a little joint deal, you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, one thing that I think helps Bobby Lane, and, and he's been the talk of the open since the schedule was announced and the field was announced because he was – the Red Crest winner, uh, you know, whatever whatever you know, stake you want to put into that, but one at the top level with a lot of really good anglers in that tournament, and obviously got history in the Elite Series of being a winner and being a really good angler. Um, more so, not a diss, but if you said blind blind taste, uh, there's one lane brother that's going to win a classic. Who would it be? I would have assumed it would be Bobby because yeah. Bobby's always been so just just a closer on certain things um but here he is that's the one that's still left i think what thing one thing that helps ish bobby greg bohan and jason lambert some of these guys is when you fish in the fall half of the field is already eliminated from having a good tournament just based on fall fishing the other half doesn't you know, sorry, half of them are eliminated. Twenty-five percent don't know how to practice, if I'm allowed to say that. And they may have had a decent practice, but those no longer there because they've set the hook on the fish and affected their the fish's ability to bite again. Whereas somebody like Bobby Lamb goes and gets a bite, maybe sets the hook, maybe shakes it off, knows how to practice for a tough grinder. Um, and when you look at it, you got you got the pros, Bohannon, Lambert. You take you take their talent into consideration as well, but their ability to fish tough tournaments. It's not just like pros only fish heavy tournaments. You see it on the elites, but that's not. Do they shine when when it's hard to get a bite? Pros are going to be better. That's just the way it is. But Bohannon, Lambert, Monroe, Lane, Dale, Hightower, Jason Abram. These are all guys who have fished at the top level in the top twenty or thirty. Rob Dye, Kurt Mitchell. Um, you've got. Uh, Ipshawn, is Kyle, Monty, Sedion,
1: Kurt Mitchell's in the top twenty now.
3: Of uh, this was of the, of of Watts Bar in the standings. I think he's like twenty third or something. Twenty first okay. in points.
1: Kurt's he's twenty
3: first. He's right there. He's right. there. Kurt, what's his real name? Or what's the name on the side of his boat? It's not Kurt. Randy. It's something. Like Randy, Randy. Randy Mitchell. I'm like, who is Randy Mitchell? Oh, it's Kurt. Um, but yeah. He's another one I'll keep an eye on. Those are all the guys I mentioned outside, but I've, I've always been impressed with John Garrett. Absolutely. Absolutely. I told Mark Menendez this because Mark's been like a grandfather to him. And sorry, Mark, for aging you there, but, like, you know, like just a, a very good mentor to uh, to John. John is an old soul in a young man's body, Um college fishing the way he likes to throw a worm he's not just a sonar guy he's an old school Tennessee river guy but he's not afraid of the new stuff he'll go throw a throw a crankbait and throw a, throw a swim bait if he needs to but been super impressed with him I'll say this I dropped this on bass live the other day I, I hold out to the end of the year but I think he's pretty safe for making the elites um you know barring anything absolutely crazy and and just you know heartbreaking John said I so we had the elite at Okeechobee and I was promoing the field for the open um, and things like that. And I, and I think it might've been Seminole as well. They were starting practice for UFALA during a event. So I uh, was at the screen of knowledge talking about the opens field, the format, here's the lakes, blah, blah, blah. Here's some names to consider. And I put John in there cause he's a former college classic bracket winner. He's been to the Bassmaster classic. He's a you know college representative. And, he said, great screen of knowledge about the opens, but next time you do one, let them know there's only actually eight spots available because I am going to win AOI. And I said, uh, oh, buddy, when you do that, I've got the, the journalist writer in me. I said, he smokes." He said, there's only eight spots available because I'm going to win AOI. And I think John's fed up of missing it close, just like Sam George is. And I think that he – it takes a little, you know this, it takes a little bit of a mind shift practice in fish in the opens. Like it's a different, <laughs> so you can, you can fish the opens for three years and not really know how to fish the open. You're just doing a place. tournament called the opens. I think John knows how to fish the opens. And I think he's showing that this year with, with his worst finish was a 60th and he, um, he played it safe at the St. Lawrence. Like he previewed Barwick and for the record, uh sam jack dice and john garrett have all previewed an event for us and have all gotten a top where did john get yesterday i think john got fifth um they have all gotten a top 10 but previously sam got fourth jack got fourth and he got fifth so we've got two fourths and a fifth for the young guys previewing the events for us and then following it up so john's one that i I care a lot about um not not like in a biased way but like in a proud as heck of him um you never know how guys will do from college to the opens to the elites and i didn't really have robert g no disrespect on my radar as like when this guy graduates college from university he's going to be a factor on the opens and the elites same thing i didn't say that about wesley gore i knew wesley just because i pay attention to he's all on the first 20 when you scroll you see him but it wasn't somebody who's like Justin Atkins or Jake Whitaker or Drew Cook, or Patrick Walter, those are the guys. That I'm like, I fished against them, they're gonna make it. I didn't I didn't say that about Robert, and I don't know if it's because I didn't cover the college series religiously at the end of his time. I handed that over to Kyle Jesse, but Robert has really impressed me. He's been in the top 10 all year. He's fifth, uh, and four, he's fifth in the standings, fourth in qualification, and so that's huge. Um, and and I said this on the podcast with with uh, Pat Renwick the other day, uh when when they did the opens thing, Ben Milliken, Jamie Bruce, Brad Lightner were all in there, and I said Ben, a lot of people after we did our podcast together after you're winning ways at Toledo Ben, they they said that I hated you or that I was gritting my teeth doing the podcast with you, and I was like no one makes me do the podcast like I I was the one who had the idea to interview, so I don't hate you, I don't know where that came from, but I am more so impressed that as a YouTuber, that he. Has shown he's a fisherman as well you can always there there are guys who like on their taxes h and our blog is filing your taxes they say what do you do for a living some guys who fish and put videos on youtube uh they say i'm a fisherman but you're not you're actually a videographer but you video fishing. and then there are guys who are pro fishermen who just happen to put content on youtube i was more i've been more impressed at been the ability to go into that other realm i am a professional fisherman that makes YouTube videos, not a YouTuber who makes fishing videos. There's a difference there. And I think Ben has proved to me, not that he needed to, but I've been very impressed that, um, you know, he comes armed for bear and I know the fall is tough for anybody. So I'm not holding it against him that he, you know, struggled at Watts bar or whatever, but I've been impressed by a couple of guys for sure.
1: I already he hit a uh, river buoy there on his way to the ramp the first day in the dark that he hit a buoy. Um, in his, what? uh, Somebody told me that. Somebody texted me that. I forget who. Somebody that fished the tournament. One of my buddies. I don't know. Oh my, but that, yeah. uh, that probably cost him the first day because he came back and, and looked like he had a decent second day after a bad first day. But uh yeah, I think-, I
3: think the only guy I think I think the only guy I know to ever hit a Tennessee River buoy was Joe Sancho at Chickamauga in an elite event. And then Mike Corbishly at Chickamauga as well.
1: <laughs> I hit Sorry, one. Man. I hit one in my express, the first express that I got the boys and I were smallmouth fishing in, in March and the floodgates were open and the CFS was like 250,000. Like dude, it was ripping like as much as I'd ever seen. And we were drifting this rock row fishing these little eddies and my, my dad, I'm blaming my dad for this. So my dad called and my phone was down by the console and I went to get it. And all of a sudden my, Hudson, my, my 15 year old uh, says, uh, dad, And I said, what? And and I'm on the phone with my dad. And he goes, I think we're fixing a hit. And all of a sudden you hear, (laughs) (laughs) and we drifted into it. The boat goes up on dude. this is like second time I take the the express out. Uh It literally bobs on top of it like this. And I'm like, Oh my God. And dude, we're right off the edge of the channel. I mean, but it, but the current had caught me and I didn't realize and dude, it happened fast. And, uh, Anyways, we finally got Jared, off of Jerry yeah. Miller happened. Exactly. <laughs> similar. Yeah, very similar. Uh a little bit further from the dam than Jerry was. But but anyways, if it had been a fiberglass boat, though, we'll say it would have completely just self-combusted. And it really didn't do a lot to the express. So I was impressed that day uh to get in a, a shameless sponsor plug there. But uh but yeah, I heard he he ran into one. Thanks. I saw a guy do that in an FLW tour event on Pickwick. We were all running down below seven mile Island headed down towards like Cogar. We were like eight wide. It was the event, uh, buddy gross one. And, and this guy literally <laughs> he's trying to pass everybody and he clipped one. And when I got to my starting spot, he was trying to start there as well. And I didn't realize this at the time when we were running down the lake and he had a perfect shape from that buoy right out of the, <laughs> out of the rub rail, and the side of the fiberglass, perfect little horseshoe shape from that. And there was just shards of fiberglass. And he fished all day long. He did not check up. Uh, he but got I, to
3: rewire his electronics without a snake either. You could just reach your hand right in there and get all the wires in your gun.
1: <laughs> he could have got anything he wanted to out of the hole in the side of that thing. <laughs> trust,
3: hey, trust. you 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 troll over to him. Hey, can I get that uh, Zoom chunk right there? In the? I can see it in your locker.
1: That, that one, a little further up. You got to go further Yeah. Up. yeah. Yeah, that that pack though. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I think uh, yeah, I want that's something I really want to pick your brain on. On the obviously, JT Topkins and Trey McKinney, young, yeah. young yeah. are just having fantastic years. But but I look at a guy like John uh, and JT as well. JT's been been putting in work in the Opens for the last few years now. But I look at those guys as not only are they going to be rookies, but it's almost like a little like Joey Fuentes this year. He was ready right? Like he had big tournament experience. He rolls through the opens. He qualifies. He's ready. Obviously wins two blue blue trophies, top tens, top 10, the AOI race, which is not easy to do. But I think a guy like John Garrett, he's ready, Like he can come to the elites and compete regardless of the names on that list. Like I think John's a guy that can absolutely compete. I think JT's another guy like JT's a hard worker. Very, very, very good at breaking down lakes uh, obviously, and I think that JT's one that can have success in the elites as well, and and, and anybody on that list, not to leave anybody out, but, but I really point to those guys that have fished that gauntlet of the Opens for so many years. They do know how to practice. They do know how to approach an event and, uh, and certainly get it done. Trey McKinney's kind of that wild card for me because he's so young, obviously doesn't let the pressure get to him at all, obviously puts fish in the boat, but it's one of those things, man. I can't imagine being that age making the elites and rolling up, and you're like, oh gosh, there's Gerald Swin. Oh, oh, there's Larry Nixon. Oh, oh, man. There's- <laughs> I can't imagine that what that would feel like. But Trey's, I've known Trey since he was in high school, and he's a pretty cool cat. Like, I don't know which that was it would bother him like last year. <laughs> yeah, was which like was last that- year. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should say middle school because I did think I met Trey when he was like 13 or 14 through TH Marine. We've got some new and uh he's been after uh for a while <laughs> to be young but he's man he's he's competed um for a while now though man he's just obsessed with it
3: and, and it makes you think you know gerald swindle um i love g but i always i say i love g because i can take it with a grain of salt he will align up with my beliefs when he says something and the next video will not line up with my beliefs. And so it's like, I, but I, but I love, I love Gerald, you know, he's, he is my, you know, him, him and Iker are the two that I aspired to, they were, they were the, the ones that I wanted to be like, they made fishing fun. Those were my heroes. And so uh, I'm going to get, you know, closer look into who Gerald Swindle is. I understand that some things he's going to say aren't going to be funny to me, but the, the coming up on stage are going to be hilarious Or he's going to talk about the hard things to talk about at times. Right. And, and, and also I get the privilege of knowing his bias. I know his thoughts on a topic before he says something about the topic. Most of the time, so I understand if like, there's no knee jerk for me about it. But the other day he said, a video about uh, he saw on TikTok, which G spends more time on TikTok than I probably than, than any else other than the, the girls TikTok tock dancing. But he said that he saw a bunch of hate coming towards, you know, kids these days and the daddy's money and like all these things. And he did, a, he did a good video about that. And and I said, like, uh, I commented and I said, I'm grateful for my dad because I'm talking about going the time spent between a father and a son or a father like figure and a, and a boy in the boat, teaching them fish that you can't, You can't pay for desire. You can pay for a boat and a truck. You can't pay for desire. And so seeing guys like John, JT, um, Trey, perfect examples. Patrick Walters, same dang example for the heat that Patrick got for his parents always be at the tournaments. I would have gotten because my parents would be at every elite. My parents are at every elite and hardly, and I'm not even there anymore. They just show up because they like it. They're at the Harris chain. That'll probably be a camera driver down there in, in October for the open. Like, they love it. That's they would be there at dealings. Shout out to Ron. Um, he's still got the hair flowing and everything. Yes. Um,
1: the f- the stash, dude, Ron is a legend, dude. He, he,
3: is, uh, he is the reason I'm in this sport. And that's why I commented that. I said, guys like Trey, guys like JT, guys like John, all are, they, they are like me. They have the, the support of family behind them. JT's dad, Timmy, jt's cousin j they fish the opens with him they travel you know they, they've done this yes um and, and timmy has yielded to jt this year because timmy had a couple bad events and said you know what instead of us splitting info or instead of us me being in the way i'm gonna work for next year you go you go win aoi and go make the elites you know boy and jt has done that but he's got absolute uh something you can't create which is a great family dynamic he has that support John has that as well old johnny Garrett uh his granddad just the salt of the earth helped me when I had you know lost a uh, trim foot in my boat I couldn't trim my boat up and uh just pulled it in union city marine and, and knocked it out in five minutes for me so i could go cover a tournament not even fish a tournament cover a tournament so great people same thing goes for Trey um you know the people in the family with ever being a cousin just have to have that support so when i see that i don't think daddy's money or these young kids are ruining the sport i'm like i hope to be the father to marlo that they have or that my dad is to me you know that that she needs if she wants to be a professional softball player how do i in working really hard not make it easier for her but more accessible to her am i gonna pay for the the travel ball stuff probably but if i worked hard enough and i want my kid to succeed i will do that you know um so it's a different dynamic and so i i I applaud those family cores that do that very we'll see finley the finley cooks support drew um all all those different people there's so many more like where family go like this generation of young anglers does they don't need their parents to be successful but because they have their parents nearby they become successful Having that someone, I'm—I don't know, Luke. I'm, I'm not getting on the young and restless level, but do you have you looked up your your love languages? You know, the love languages. Uh, that's what me and Sarah have done, and working through our faith and our marriage, we have love languages. And so I know what Sarah's love language is. It's acts of service. If if I need to I love my wife, I go do the dishes so she doesn't have to. Mine is words of affirmation. So if if Sarah says I'm proud of you and you're doing great, I'll run through a brick wall every day for them. It's the same thing with these guys and their family support. If my parents show up and support me, I've got to give it my all or I need to go home because they've, they've sacrificed so much for me to just have an opportunity and uh, whether it works out or not, they're proud of me. So it's the same thing, dynamic, that you know, what person, that athlete, what makes them tick. And if you're a part of the support system, you do that that way. Some, some guys probably like to be yelled at and hit over the head about what they did wrong. Some guys just need, hey, it didn't work out, regroup and do it again next week. You know, so I applaud those family fan bases.
1: I, I get I think first of all, the daddy's money comments typically come from very miserable people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think well they, they do man and, and look I think that we all whether you have a lot of money, whether you don't have a lot of money, um I think when you become a parent your responsibility in life should change, right? Like your focus is on that, on that child and and giving them the best life. Not and I'm not talking about from a from a materialistic standpoint, right? It's giving that child the best life, giving them advice, giving, you know, trying to set them on the right path um to be better than you've ever been. At what at whatever that is, just for me, it's like, I just want my, my kids to be better than I've ever been just at, at whether it's attitude, whether, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't need, because, uh, I did the pro fishing thing for a little bit, but like, I don't have this deep seated desire for my boys to be pro anglers, right? Like that's not something that, and, and they're, they love fishing tournaments, but they don't love it on that level. Like I did at their age. Um, but that's not something like living through your kids, I guess is what I'm getting at. There are a lot of people that, See the the daddy's money type thing as that, but I think that the world has changed so much in the way that parents are. People are. Uh, I think that the term is helicopter parents. <laughs> now they tend to hover more now than like my my folks did. Um, and and there has been because a- they were working because they were working providing. <laughs> they couldn't right. hover. They had to be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think, but there's been such a fundamental change in parents focusing more on their kids in the last, I feel like even 10 years than ever before in life. And that's like Gerald's video, because I, I saw that. That's not bad. It's not bad. If you can afford to buy a brand new whatever boat and load it out with electronics and you go with your kid to the lake every week, that's not a bad thing, dude. If somebody has a problem with it, they're jealous that they can't do the same for themselves. They may not even have kids, but they can't afford a brand new boat. So they immediately attack that. That's not, I hate that that's the way we are as a society um, because I do see that. Now, that being said, I have seen in high school fishing the very opposite of that too. Mm -hmm. And that is daddy buys a boat, daddy pays somebody to take little Johnny fishing to win the big tournaments and little Johnny acts like he's a rock star in bass fishing. And then little Johnny eventually washes out. I've seen several from my local area. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. And, and I've, and and my problem though with little Johnny and his dad in those situations was never daddy's money. It was, well, daddy's got all this money. I don't understand why he's not with Johnny in the boat. Why didn't he, why didn't he take him? Right, like why isn't yeah. he? And that's what, and that's the he's premise of,
3: of Gerald's video as well. Right. You Can't right. make that's desire. Right. Little little Johnny goes home and doesn't look at fishing until it's Saturday and somebody tells him where to go. Uh, that's right. I, I always I said in that same comment, like, grateful for my dad, I wouldn't be in the sport without him. Uh, weird that no one said he's money when I rolled to the boat to the ramp with my 18 foot Ranger and and a 94 F 250, you know, that I was borrowing from my dad because it's. I can't buy a thirty thousand dollar boat in, you know, freshman year of college. I can't do that. But I remember specifically, I was a senior at the time, so I had learned some things in college fishing. And we were at Hartwell, and I had a freshman. I said, "Anybody, I'm gonna fish this tournament by myself unless someone signs up. So if you wanna come, let's go." I had a freshman sign up in, with me. His name was Brian Buffalo, and I remember back and down the ramp, we're floating in the flotilla of college fishing boats, and he's like, "Dang." And I look over like he either saw the hottest college fishing girl ever or something yeah. caught his eye. And he said, uh, that's a nice rig. And I said, like, like almost like he's my son. Like, look at me, Brian, Brian, we're going to beat 90% of these fancy rigs yeah. today. Yeah. I promise you we go and get 14th or 12th or something in the 150 boat tournament. We do that. And we, we qualify and not even advance on. And it's like, it doesn't matter what rig it is. A lot that's of people bad. like, are defeated before it starts but I just remember that like I didn't care what we were in I put flame put flames on the motor to make it look like I was going faster that's how slow my boat went like what are we talking about I was taking the back channel of the back channel at Pickwick just to keep pace with the guys on the main drag doing the big circle I'm trying I'm trying to cut cut through here 52 miles an hour I'm spending an hour of practice idling the back back channel make sure I don't hit anything so I stay on that line on my phone GPS run so I make it you know like that's what we did, and so I was like, I don't remember people saying "Daddy's money" when I put flames on my eighteen foot boat trying to get my one fifty to go faster. Like, so there, there's um, a lot, I, I think that the young generation of anglers, if you want it, you can go get it. It's accessible, and boy, if you don't want it, you will, it, we will know quickly if you don't want it. And I can tell those <laughs> who don't want it when when fishing's not fun. If you still like fishing, you want.
1: It. Yeah, that's right. If, if your dad pitches you an American Express. And goes, dude, you got an unlimited budget. Go fish the opens. Go fish the Toyotas. Go fish MPFL, and and you don't want it. It shows up. I don't care if he's paying for it or not. Uh, that that's the thing. Like the talent does bubble over regardless of how it's funded, uh, right? Like I mean that that's the deal there. But there there's good and bad in that, you know. And I just think that there are so many people that do have that old school train of thought of uh, you got to earn it you better earn it. And it's like, well, I mean, they're going to earn it, right? Like whatever it is in life, even if your parents set you up, like you're going to earn it. Unless, and I've dealt with this situation multiple times in my life, your dad's a CEO of a big company and he throws you the keys to it. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's a little different situation too, right? Like you didn't have to do anything. You just landed in the spot But I bet there's a lot of intimidation and fear that comes with getting thrown the keys if you have a, if you have a, uh, you know, a a conscious at all about you. And and most folks do. So uh, I don't know.
3: It's like if Kevin handed his legends exemption points that he would have towards the elites to his sons and they get a spot in the elites when it was based off the work he did, like everyone in the elite series, 102, whether they, whether they're in the prime career, whether they are taking a legends exemption, like whether they're a rookie I don't – I still have yet to find someone who hasn't earned it. <laughs> you still yeah. have to – you've either caught them in the past, oh, no good, that you're deemed a legend, or you're currently catching them now, or you struggled this year, but you've caught in the last three or four years, and your average is good enough, and you still earned your, your spot. Like, I, I don't know a still guy who's like, I got internet. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? So, um, no, it's I, – I just – I'm very – not saying I predicted the future, but like six years ago, when everyone was like, "Grow the sport, grow the sport, grow the sport, grow the sport," it went so fast. We got the field size is so big. We had like four hundred and ninety thousand boats in our high school championship this year, and that was just taking the top ten percent of qualifiers. That means we had four million boats try to fish the tournaments, you know, yeah. to qualify. Okay. So. We've grown the sport, grown the sport, grown the sport. When I was like, whoa, don't force this sport on anyone who doesn't want to be here because you don't know, you can't sustain the sport. Now there's a bubble. It's a hub bubble. We're pushing, we're, we got four pieces of bubble gum and we're chewing and the bubble gets bigger, but at a certain point it's going to pop. And so we need to make sure we keep this bubble and sustain it and this bubble. So now we've pushed so much in it. It's so competitive. Uh, and now You know, we want the payouts to go up. We want the prestige to go up. Yet there's more people diluting the field side. Like this was a problem. This was a hard to sustain sport without tons of non-endemics. And the only way we do that sometimes is to have forward-facing sonar, make stuff fun, you know, fishing fun or things like that. And so it's, it's cyclical. Do we want back raise payouts and have a dirty dozen Tritons and have everybody wearing another sponsor's Jersey that we want to get out of in the early 2000s for the elites. And you can represent your own brand on the final day. We got away from it. But of course, there comes the penalties, less endemic money, because why would they pay the same amount to have less exposure than they were getting when everyone's was running their, their brand? And then we go for a decade of that or 15 years of that. And then this thing is formed where uh, another tournament series and you fish out of not your boat or your stuff or your jersey. And it's not perfect either. So we're trying to figure out production with moving posts every couple years. And it's hard to set something in and let it live for long enough to know if it works. It's hard for a president to induce a fiscal plan to see if it works before he's voted out. And then we're trying to undo what he just did. Like we're doing that fishing the same way. It's the same. Oh, well, we need to cater to these guys. Well, these guys are at the end of their career. What does the new generation want? Well, the new generation is not quite spenders in the sport as much as the old guys are. So, you know, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard, and it it makes me and it makes me mad because I love this sport. But I'm starting to learn in year. This is the end of my tenth year with bass, um, and I'm like, my phone died, and I'm not going to plug it back in because somebody could text me this afternoon. I don't want to be texted. You know, like you're just like freak, man. (laughs) I, I hate that it's kind of this point. But it's like, dude. Yeah, tough. I
1: get it, dude. It, well, and you, <laughs> again, we started this with you're never going to make everybody happy, and that's that's physically impossible. But I do think that all the organizations are looking at ways to make all of this better, and hopefully keep keep this train a moving down the road. Ronnie Moore, you're the man. I appreciate you giving some time on your <laughs> afternoon. I know you got I don't know Arizona Cardinals to watch. One of these teams? No, I
3: don't. I don't need to watch them at all. Not right now. Unless You're I got a fantasy player on my team, like I, I'm not leaving them, but let's just say in past years they weren't on my local, you know, channels to be able to easily watch, but I would I find that. ways to watch. Them. I may not be trying as hard to find ways to watch them at 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon.
1: Unfortunately, that's why I'm
3: doing a podcast with Luke Duncan and not watching, you know, my well, gonna- over here. Receiving touchdown by Tyler Lockett, I'll take it. Even though he's on a rival team, like we just, I got a different goalpost now. I'm getting fantasy.
1: I'm with it. Unfortunately, I can't escape the Titans. Living in Middle Tennessee, it's on constantly. So uh, I am a, I've been a Titans fan since they moved here, and it's a very hard thing to be a fan of. (laughs) It's.
3: It's uh, it's not easy. The one thing that I do uh, have going for me is I'm a Denver Nuggets fan, and they're the yes, first ever are. sports team to win the title while I was a fan of them uh, this past spring. So
1: I remember. MLS, listen, I remember. You know they
3: left on another year or two because Cronky got himself a big big win. <laughs> I texted out Junior that because Alton's my really he really good buddy.
1: He needed a he, win.
3: <laughs> he said I sent him a photo of uh, Jokic holding the trophy, and Cronky's right behind him. And uh I texted him the photo. I said, it's Kroenke, and he said, "MLF just won the NBA championship." I said, yeah. <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yes, so I
1: guess. So. I want to know if Stan Kroenke even knows that MLF exists. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know who put his money in it, and I just want to ask somebody that question. If like he actually knows that he does something in the professional bass fishing world, because that guy, and I'm not hating on MLF by saying that that guy is involved in a lot of gigantic things it like awesome. the grand scheme of sporting events and i just wonder if he's like oh yeah this little blip down here on the tiny radar of professional sports yeah i own that too i wonder if he like sits around a table with all of his other billionaire buddies he's like did you catch the MLF event <laughs> this weekend <laughs> i'm gonna bet not, I, but maybe he does maybe he does but i'm looking at talking if You're watching Ronnie Moore and I right now. Oh gosh. Bring some of that money to major league fishing and to Bassman, the whole thing. Buy it all, baby. Let's go. Put some of them billions in the fast fishing world. call him out.
3: I, I think I sent uh because he owns the Rams, he owns the uh yes, the, the Chargers the Avalanche. Um you know, for he's got the Rockies, I believe. Um, uh, but yeah, he's got all kinds of stuff, and so I, I saw something the other day, he's like actually owns like the fifth most land for an individual in the United States or something. So he owns a bunch of land as well. Maybe we can make some private leaks. Yeah, uh, dude. It's Not technically time. out West. It's technically out West. We'll be able to suffice two needs, get a West coast <laughs> schedule and some good fishing. But no, I, people, I, I, I joke and I kid that this wasn't anti anything. It was just a joke. Um, yeah. uh, at this point I am maybe it's, I think a switch flipped. My body doesn't ache, but as soon as I turn 30, I don't give a crap about the drama of Ford Face Sonar of the leagues against each other. Like trying to provide for my daughter and my wife, and we can and just enjoy our time. You know, I, I just need to be a, the best possible, best man man of God possible, and uh, eliminate the negative people out of my life if I need to. So weird, weird. I can't wait to see what happens when I hit forty. I'll, maybe my body will start to hurt then.
1: Well, I think, oh, buddy, mine started hurting at thirty <laughs> though. So. Uh, I think no, it just everything settles in, right? Like I just think, I mean, we're so far into this thing. Things just settle in industry settling down. I think for the most part and, and here we are, this is where we're at. Right. And uh, I think, I think we've got to figure out the forward facing deal from a fan pers- watching perspective. I don't think we've got to ban it. I don't think that's going to happen anyways. Um, but I think everybody's working on it and we're all just doing the best Ron, yeah. we We're all just doing the best we can. I just don't think that the fans who, the, who don't
3: like forward facing stone or the anglers that don't like it, putting a little bit of, you know, screen on the or graph on the screen is going to make them happy. I think it's going to make the other people who are, it's just more so like, Oh, you don't like this. Well, I'm going to show you more of this in a different Damn. way. I don't think that they're going to like, but I think that, I think that it will be a great teaching moment. There's a lot behind it. Try not to for you know bankrupt the the whole company just a screen on a screen and a video yes. on a video. A video. But um, so yeah, the uh, it's all good. It's all good. I love the sport. I have a different kind of cherish for this sport. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's not my identity. And I hope and pray it's not the angler's identities. I hope that they are not finding value just being an elite series pro. There's a lot of other great. You can do that, but you don't always have to be that. And so same thing here. You can be a commentator and not, or you can do commentary and not be a commentator all the time. Like you find your value and your work, your worth elsewhere. And so would I go fishing on a weekend for five hours and try to bang my head against the wall to catch one, or do I be home with my daughter? I'm gonna be home with my daughter.
1: Love it. I love it. Ronnie Moore. I appreciate you, buddy. Always a pleasure. And we're going to do one of these in person. I need to come do one of these at the Bassmaster studio or something. That'd be fun. I, I know.
3: Well you'd be you weird if you were in my spare bedroom yeah. here in this one, but we can do one actually we'll set up we'll set it up in the in the studio. But um that would be, yeah. the last can I plug this? Can I plug the opens live? Plug it, buddy. So, so Sunday the 24th, we've got you know, because they're back to back for the first time this year, the opens will be shifted a day Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the final day, we'll have Greg Hackney in studio for the Ozarks commentating with me and Sooch. We had Mark Menendez last week, uh, our last event. And then for the, we'll have the college bracket. So we kind of got a, a lot of bass fishing again this fall. Yesterday was Watts Bar, or Saturday was Watts Bar, or this Sunday is Ozarks. Uh, we'll have the college bracket Friday or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, the following week, and then we'll go to the opens and then redfish. So we still are doing live for of the off. next – for the next five weeks, we do live for a couple of days. and um, But we are down to the single-digit days. But, yeah, we'll be able to rest when we have November and December. And also, your group of fans will list with, I hear your complaints online. You love live, but you don't like watching live as a replay. The 14 Bassmaster shows that we put on Fox Sports 1 in January and February before the season starts, they've normally been just based around the winter. We have gone back and made it like the old 45 minute shows where we take you through the tournament. We show you probably six to eight anglers where I'm helping edit and format and those shows with a couple of the guys in the studio. So we are going back to that just for those Q1 shows and live. Obviously, the more live we can have on FS1, the better for our sport. So um, they've been great to work with, but we will have a little bit of flair from the old school. I um, like it. Of old, so we're working on it. We're doing our best, man. We're doing our best. And I'm the sleeping once you know, a couple the, hours a night.
1: That's my life.
3: I got to go, go play video games and some, you know, gen millennial or whatever I am. So <laughs> Ronnie
1: Moore, everybody, Ronnie just doing the best okay. he can. Just like we all are. Thank She's y'all. Trying. All right. That's all she wrote with Ronnie Moore. I'd like to apologize for the jumping around and the uh, jittery service. I'm blaming Ron in Arkansas. He says his Wi-Fi stinks. Uh maybe that's the case. Maybe it was mine. Trying some new things. Trying some new things. Got some new uh new services that I'm trying to use to do the podcast and and keep trying to expand, man. Do things a little differently than I always have. Same show. Just look and sound a little different is what I'm trying. And you know there's gonna be bugs. So This was the first week of it. I appreciate Ron being the guinea pig and coming on and always being as honest as he is, man. I really enjoyed the conversation. Hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Be sure to subscribe to the Luke Duncan's Traveling Circus YouTube channel if you have not, if you enjoy watching the show. And if not, you know what? Leave a review on iTunes, Spotify. I don't know if you can do that, but thank y'all. No matter how you're listening or watching, I appreciate each and every lowlifer each and every week, man. We'll take y'all out with some Biloxi Blues. Be sure to hug your mama. We're going to have a fun show this coming week, I believe, as well. we got maybe an in-studio guest, fingers crossed. We'll take y'all out with Biloxi. Y'all have a good week, and I'll see y'all next time. I never could
2: see ya. make it last. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost. Well, I'm going to leave them in the past direction, Lord, I'll be fine, it don't matter east or west, north, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest, this highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. Got three good tires and a spare. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just, just enough gas. To-